student. I'm your host, Alexander Rain, and it is early in the morning. I'm back in LA, um, but I felt so called to do this episode right now. It was one that I was planning on doing, um, and the time just feels right. I got back on Thursday. It's currently Saturday. Um, Friday was just yesterday was like a recovery day, so to speak, I guess, um, as far as like getting everything organized, doing laundry, unpacking, getting <laughs> my multivitamin and probiotic at Target and protein powder, um, yada, yada, yada. So anyways, I, as the title suggests, this is New York Fashion Week recap from my POV goes without saying everyone has a different experience this was mine um i've outlined kind of the five points that i want to talk about and then otherwise we'll just see what happens so these five points are first selling a lifestyle new york week fashion recap third my goal in going into fashion week mental health and then new york in general so First, with selling a lifestyle, what I mean by that is I think it would be very easy for me to give, for lack of a better word, like all of the high points, all of the highlights, make it, it would be very easy for me to romanticize, glamorize, idealize this experience that I have, which I'm so grateful to have, goes without saying. Um... And I wanted to, it's been interesting, there is been a lot of discussion about New York Fashion Week, and there is a lovely TikToker who I follow at Old Loser in Brooklyn, who posted a video um, yesterday, last night captioned an open conversation on democratizing fashion at new york fashion week gatekeeping you can respect an article from the cut by one of her friends and basically the tiktok was saying obviously there's like been this great effort to democratize fashion i feel like that's one of the purposes of this podcast um but like to what end and basically how I'm sure you saw on TikTok there was like how to get into New York Fashion Week like PR companies to email um or PR from the brands and the list anyways there was one of the PR contacts that were on that list and um she said she got like triple the amount of emails she already gets and from people like one lovely girl pitched herself as being essentially attractive and dating a finance bro and that she would add to the atmosphere because she was beautiful. Como se dice? And it, it's just as at Old Lisbon Brooklyn said, I think somewhat disrespectful or at least out of touch with the designers with the people who have been working months to make this happen and 
the reason why I bring that up is because I think there's a conception of New Year's Fashion Week that I for sure had as being um, glamorous and I mean I, I you know what I'm, I feel like you know what I'm talking about just like I mean it's a spectacle it's a grand event it's it's massive and again the reason why I bring this up is because I want to be mindful that I'm not selling a lifestyle that doesn't really exist and this was something that I was grappling a lot with when I was there because I was like I could easily make these TikToks for example that are like my day to life as a New York model first I get up and da 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 and then I go to these castings and it looks like all glorious and there's nothing wrong with seeing positive I would say I'm an optimist for the most part there's nothing wrong with being positive but I also think it's just not entirely real and in the sense of like I go to these castings I'm taking the subway somebody's literally having a manic episode I'm super sensitive so I get stressed um it's really hot and sweaty on the subways I go to a casting I get looked at for maybe 30 seconds and then I'm asked to go or whatever and that's just like name of the game that's just how the business is but I think modeling is a very sought after career same with New York Fashion Week it's just my point is (laughs) in saying all of this is I want to be honest I want to share both the good and the bad obviously again this is just my experience I'm not like the top one percent supermodel I'm just me I'm just Alexander Rain and um I don't know I feel like that's the thing maybe with people who want to model is you are comparing yourself to like the Bella Hadid's the Kendall Jenner's um again the top one percent of supermodels who I love them love the work they do this isn't like anything at them but the reality is your new face starting off you aren't gonna have (laughs) it's not gonna it's gonna be a lot more I shouldn't say a lot more I just think the expectation versus what it is really is um different and of course there's a continuum and a spectrum of experiences and I'm not by any means trying to complain I also want (laughs) to have some self-awareness to that um so yeah that's just what I mean I guess by selling a lifestyle and that I never want to advertise or alter my experience to advertise something that is more digestible more aesthetically pleasing I think that's what it is is I want to be honest so honest I shall be um I also want to say just as like a disclaimer of gratitude obviously goes without saying I'm grateful I have the experience to go duh obviously 
but I think something too and that I've been like thinking about a lot is like fifth grade me would literally be freaking out if she knew that I was gonna go to New York Fashion Week or be in New York and like two of my best friends since middle school lived there and on my last day before I went to the airport I was getting coffee with one of them and I just kind of looked at her and I was like Anna could you imagine if you told like 12 year old us like you would be living in New York I would be here like we would think we were so cool so I think it's always good to have that context too um just with anything in your life not necessarily even modeling just recognizing how far you've come and being proud of yourself um because I think it's very easy when you're in New York and it's fashion week and there are all these models that you're seeing over and over again and how many castings do you have a day oh have you gotten booked for anything it's very easy to get into this comparison loop and kind of become out of touch with reality and um in a very specific sense which i will talk about later so my goal going into new york fashion week if you recall from earlier episodes was to not cry after casting that was the only goal I had set for myself and I'm happy to say that I fulfilled that goal did I cry otherwise of course all the time on the subway but was it because of the casting no it wasn't so I'll just preface that and saying that was my goal and then we'll circle back to it um New York Fashion Week baby let's talk so I got in August 20th. I was staying on the Upper East Side for the first three and a half weeks in a sublet from one of my friends. Then I was staying in Brooklyn with my friend Anna. And um, I went into my agency. The first week I was there, I got digitals, did a walk video, kind of all standard protocol. And then got my comp cards for the season and castings begin with castings they either have like open castings open so to speak not you know i'm not an agent so i don't know like what the emails look like that they get but when i see a hallway full of people like literally hundreds of people i usually assume it's more of an open casting um and you could be waiting hours and um, usually what they have you do is a walk back forth, <laughs> back and forth, you know, across the room and then they maybe take your digital, maybe don't, maybe they have you try something on, maybe they don't, and then you're on your way. Then there's request castings, which are usually smaller, still could be up to 100 people, but usually you're not waiting in a hallway with hundreds of people, it's more you're there's maybe five other models with you as you're waiting and you have a selected time that you're supposed to go um and same thing you do a walk they maybe take your digitals and then <laughs> then you're on your way you walk sometimes they want to talk to you um usually they don't not in a mean way just in like they have to see so many people and I think it's something that I've definitely got adjusted to. I do always try to ask the casting directors what their names are, at least. Just, like, out of politeness. 
Um, but yeah, usually it's pretty quick. Um, sometimes you can walk away and know immediately I didn't get that. Other times it's like, I feel good about that. Um, but spoiler, I didn't get booked for any shows this season, which I feel like last year would have literally crushed me. But this year I'm kind of just like, all right, like, and genuinely, I'm not just saying that as like a facade. Like I feel like I'm like, okay, wasn't my season and like, did it suck? Like, was I kind of irritable at the end going to castings, having not already been booked for anything? And it's like Monday and Fashion Week has already started. And I'm like, what is, you know, I actually, to be fair, was supposed to oh my gosh I feel like um what's her name I was supposed to be in the video but this is true I was um confirmed for a show at least like for the fitting was pretty sure I was gonna be booked but then I had um conflicting schedules so 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 and the designer was Snowshoe Gal absolutely love her I worked with her last season she's so cool I love everything that she does. She's so nice. Her team is so nice. Um, but, so, I feel like I could dedicate a whole episode to castings and kind of like mentality going into them, how to stay sane, but that'll be another episode. This is just kind of like an overview of Fashion Week for me. Um, so I want to talk about what I actually did book because even though it wasn't a show or a presentation, I was working and I'm very happy about that so the conflicting schedule interested schedule that I mentioned a second ago I was booked for a showroom baby and it was so fun it was I've never done a showroom before and so to like provide context to explain basically showrooms you have the designer and then they have clients buyers that are coming to look at the clothes kind of get like a first look order their things um some of the buyers most of them are have their own stores their own boutiques um like designer boutiques and then there were some though like there was this old couple of lawyers who were there just buying for their daughters keep in mind these clothes are like thousands of dollars i said you guys can adopt me, please. I would love all of her clothes. were so luxe, so beautiful. Um, and everyone on the team was so nice. It was for Dorothy. And I'm going to look up the last name because it is, <laughs> it is German and I don't want to mess it up. Okay. Dorothy, I'm going to spell it. S C H U. M-A-C-H-E-R Dorothy Schneimaker ah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Terribly sorry um, But it was so fun It was so nice Basically, it was just So this showroom is Okay, so let me actually start from the beginning It's Monday morning I have a casting The call time is like 8.30 The casting is I'm like At this point, my approach to castings are like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to think anything about it after. Once I leave that casting room drawer, I'm not going to allow it to occupy any of my brain space or else I will obsess 
I will doubt myself and I will go into a comparison loop and it will not be fun. Agatha, which <laughs> is who I used to refer to my anxiety as, Agatha, um, will take over. And I don't want that. So I go to the casting. It's 8.30 and they have me try a couple outfits on. They're like, just so you know, like another girl's coming and we're going to have to try on the spot, like decide on the spot. Um, they picked me, <laughs> thankfully, but that's like the brutal thing about modeling. I feel like I am somewhat, as much as one can be, equipped to rejection because of dance and understanding like it's not personal. Really doing a lot of work to understand it's not personal. Um, but I'm so glad that they picked me. It was so fun. Thank you, Sabrina, Andrea, and Isabel. Like it was so much fun. Um, anyways, but basically the way the showroom works and it's different for every designer, every company, but what they had said, um, is like, you can interact with clients, you can smile, you can be nice. Like you don't have to be model face, straight face, whatever. So it was really fun. Um, basically how many times can I say that? It was really fun. I mean it though. Every time I say it, it was like awesome. Um, it was booked for three days, Monday through Wednesday. And what it looked like each day was they would set back. There was on Monday, me and one other girl. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, there were two other models with me and they would set outfits back for us. We would try them on. We would go out to the buyers, the clients, show them how to do like a front back side, let them take their pictures, however they please. Um, they wanted to fill the fabric. All the buyers were really nice. I didn't, like, it, it could have been an experience that felt very, like, dehumanizing as most of modeling, but everyone was so, like, lovely. And I feel like my years of being a barista really came in clutch for this, um, which is something I feel like I will say time and time again. I'm so glad I did not sign to a modeling agency when I'm 16. When I was 16, I'm so glad I waited until I was 19, and I'm so glad I went to university, just like personal decision. I'm so glad I had a life outside of modeling <laughs> and fashion um, because of that very thing. Like being, it did feel like being a barista on Sunday morning in the sense of like, at times it got really busy and there were like four different buyers and it was like try this on try this on um and going out quickly and it, it there was sort of a sense of adrenaline i think because of dancing and growing up dancing it felt like doing quick changes um backstage which like i don't know i just loved it was so cool um but yeah everyone was really nice and we were also at a lovely studio that had um i mean dorothy the team, Dorothy team, took such great care of us and made sure that we were drinking water, had food, the catering was gorgeous, it was probably the best that I ate all in New York, honestly, um, and there was like a coffee bar, a smoothie bar, it was just great, it was really like, kind of like a pinch me moment, to be honest, the studio was gorgeous, the clothes were beautiful, and it was so fun, so that was my first showroom experience, loved it, would definitely do it again, and then prior to, like, the first week I was in New York, August 25th, the exact date, um, I was able to work for the company JD Sports, and that was a lot of fun. 
and um, I'm excited to see the campaign. So more on that later. But I, that was my New York Fashion Week, more or less, or at least all of the work that I did. A lot of it was castings, running around, trying to stay mentally sane, <laughs> which I think really what helped me again was what I said earlier like go to a casting have it be that experience as soon as you walk out of those doors like I would tell myself you cannot think about it and there were a couple of castings where like I was on loop my you know just thinking about it and I literally told myself you can walk to the end of this block thinking about it and once you get to that next light force quit you're not entertaining the idea anymore going about my day um so that was really helpful because something I I guess my approach to modeling right now is I really love it I have fun doing it I like I like especially like photo shoots campaign getting to move collaborative whatever um, I've done a presentation. I haven't done an actual runway show yet. Would love to do that in upcoming seasons. Um, and then showrooms were so fun. That being said, this is not something that I want to lose myself in or that I want to kill myself over and, or like, torture myself over is maybe a more appropriate way of saying that and I say that because listen I'm 22 I'm by no means like an older model like but I think seeing younger girls who maybe haven't had other experiences or don't know themselves yet this is me being assumptious and not that again I'm 22 like talk to me when I'm 30 and I'm sure I'll say I knew nothing at 22 much how I feel like I can say at 18 I knew nothing but at 18 I was like I know everything how can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22 (laughs) scripture that line is scripture anyways um I feel like talking to other girls within my agency or just other models in general and I'm not trying to single anyone out by any means. Obviously, I'm not going to name names. And unfortunately, I think this is rather universal. This isn't exclusive to girls in my agency or whatever. But, um, like, living, I didn't stay at a model apartment. But hearing girls who did and, like, hearing them say, oh, it's, like, really good because the other girls there, like, don't eat much. And, like, my agent says, I need to have my measurements down. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa pause stop that's not good (laughs) that's not healthy just cold stop you need to eat your body needs food you need nutrition you need like your brain something that I feel like gets me into check for lack of a better word is like you're you're like your body needs food your brain needs food like you need fuel and like it is not worth trying to get into these unobtainable measurements that most people don't even have within the industry and our comm cards are lying 
it's not worth it. That's kind of also what I meant earlier by saying like selling a lifestyle that doesn't exist. Like you have models who like, okay, actually I'll use the example of the Hulu documentary, Victoria's Secret, Angels and Devils or Angels and Demons. Um, the first, I believe it's the first episode talking about the Victoria's Secret beauty standard. If you were around in the 2000s, like 2015, you 100% know what I'm talking about. And the thing is, is like these models were not eating, or if they were, it was very restricted. And they were working out like hours a day. And then on top of that, on top of all of this extreme dieting and extreme exercise, those, the images of them were being retouched, were being photoshopped to extreme measures. Watch the documentary, it's gorgeous. Um, and again, that's not, the thing is, it's like, when I say this all, this isn't a judgment on the model. I do think as a model, especially if you like have a public platform like this and you're making like my life, day in life as a model, what I eat a day as a model, you have responsibility. You, again, like I think being honest, not being deceptive and I, again I'm not like pointing fingers at anybody I think it's a result of a larger system which is this weird false beauty standard that rarely exists in reality and yeah yeah again I really want to do a whole episode about that about the 34 inch hip measurement <laughs> facade scam and I mean I did I mean episodes if you're interested in what I'm talking about and you want to entertain this line of thought more I would recommend listening to my episode with my friend Tony um empathy over ego we talk about ethical retouching um and then also the body issue in which I talk about how the BMI is a flaw um among other things The point is, I don't, I want, I think I've been very careful in how I've approached modeling because I've danced my whole life and was like in front of a mirror for like hours on end every day. Um, And because there's definitely overlap with the modeling industry and the dance world about body image and how that can impact um, young women as well as young men, so on and so forth. But I feel like I've had a lot of protective factors in my life that have made it so I don't go to a dark and scary place of like, oh, I'm just not going to eat or I'm just not like... I don't know, getting wrapped up in that. And again, this isn't judgment to anybody who has gone there. Again, I think it's like a result of a larger system. And then also the big disclaimer I have to give is like genetics. Like it, so much of like me having um, uh, the figure that I have is genetics. And that's beyond anyone's control really so 
again, I always want to be mindful in how I talk about um, anything relating to body image, anything in with eating disorders. Um, I'll link resources below um, of if you are struggling with with that of yeah what to where you can go to help as always I always encourage professional psychological help from a licensed psychologist licensed therapist psychiatrist if need be um but the reason why I think that's again the thing is like it would have been so easy for me to like leave this out of the episode but that's really the reality at least for me of being in New York Fashion Week or being in New York during Fashion Week is you even if you're not in the depths of it even if you're not in a model apartment it's always on the peripherals it's always there there's always some noise of like you need to be this more you need to be that more you need to be this more and it's honestly you, you just can't take it personal. It's so subjective. There's no... It's like... Honestly... <laughs> getting... There is an element of like getting booked. That kind of feels like the lottery. Because it's... You don't... It's like you... I've never entered the lottery. But you like... Write down your numbers or whatever. Get a ticket. I don't know how it works. And just hope for the best. And that's how it feels like going to this castings. It's like this is me take it or leave it and hope for the best so have I talked enough about it (laughs) like overall I again going back to my goal was not to cry after castings because last year I mean I had a lot outside of modeling going on I had just graduated I was having a mild identity crisis um I was having panic attacks again for the first time in a long time um, at that point and was just overall really anxious and I was really in this loop of like I want designers like me I want to be booked and also having that idealized Pinterest TikTok-y like New York Fashion Week like um, not even rose-colored glasses just like I don't know blinders to maybe the real world on and like I'm gonna get this show I'm gonna get this show but then being absolutely devastated when I did it and just being so hard on myself within modeling without modeling feeling rather directionless um which is how uh model student came to be and I'm, I feel like this has given me a lot of structure and has kept me grounded and I feel like I am really proud of myself because I feel like this past season I did stay really grounded. Part of that is having friends physically there who aren't in the industry and like are going to school, have their own thing, are working um, restaurant jobs. You know what I mean? Like it just gives you more context for real life. I think real life. Um, and I also think part of that is being really stern on myself and like it is not worth emotional devastation or to beat myself up after every casting and um yeah being really like if you're 
like with my episode with Thomasina, what her what she said her mom said about like if you keep crying, I'm not gonna take you to these castings, and that was me to me, and I just yeah, I don't want to be. This isn't worth ruining myself over. I guess is how I feel about it. I feel like I have an approach right now which I really like which is like taking it for what it is it's fun right now so I'm gonna keep doing it as soon as I feel like it gets toxic I'm gonna maybe see myself out that's how I feel um I do want to talk about New York in general because in the sense of I did cry a lot not because of castings but because I am sensitive and a lot of people are struggling in New York right now. Um, like I mentioned, there's a lot of mental health struggles that are... It's not abstract. I feel like it's very easy to talk about um, people who are homeless, people struggling with mental health, or living on the street as being like this abstract. There's like a clear separation of like us versus them. And that's just human nature to create groups and divisions between one another. But being in New York, being on the subway with these people, because they are people, I want to be clear on how I talk about, I want to be, um, how do I say this, like approach this with humanity and with empathy you there is no division that divide of us versus them those who are privileged and fortunate and have resources and those who don't whatever circumstance the gap closes and I think being in LA obviously there are those same issues but it's like you're in your car driving past downtown you're not immediately next to them you're not hearing them beg and it's really devastating obviously goes without saying and I think it was really hard for me to see and have to witness it and obviously like I'm gonna have some self-awareness of saying like it was really hard for me to see them suffering like obviously it's a thousand times harder for them um I think it becomes hard and I think there's a sense of guilt of like I'm going to fashion week castings where it's like glitz, glamour, excess. To, I'm going to say excess. I know obviously there's a push towards like sustainab- sustainability within the fashion industry. I think everyone's doing their due diligence the best they can. But it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum to where these people who... I mean, I'm trying to think of like a more delicate way to say it, but are having a hard time who are literally begging for help. It's com- one end and then the complete opposite of the other where you have like glamour and then you have complete desperation and then somewhere in the middle of that I am and it's weird, it's strange, it's in the sense of like being on the subway and having somebody just say like 
somebody who I guess I would identify more with, who stressed more, like me, who on the surface wouldn't look like they were um, struggling. And I know that's like, there's a lot of assumptions that are going into that, a lot of stereotypes that I'm like subscribing to. Um, But you know, somebody, a man saying like, I am trying to get water for my family, like this is so embarrassing. I used to be where you are and I would look down at people who had to do this um but I need like a jug of water it's like eight to nine dollars and it takes me eight hours to get that and it's like I don't have any cash on me and I feel really bad and it's you know it just feels really awful to then go to these places that in some ways feel so far removed from that um and I'm not talking about like individual people within the fashion industry I'm not talking about anyone specific more just like on paper each one industry versus like the reality for so many Americans and I don't know I wanted to be I don't I just felt like this was an important part to bring up because I feel like that was so much of my fashion week experience too um and like a it's hard to come to any conclusions about it and I feel like from this point I would only be reiterating things that I've already said. I do think having a view of (laughs) because of like my own experience growing up knowing when people are freaking out seeing like moms on the subway who are clearly under some substance with a little kid obviously like on a personal level that I'm super sensitive to that and then going to like kind of like how do I say like when I was when I was literally in a situation similar to that I was like dream I was watching the devil wears Prada and confessions of a shopaholic and dreaming about being in this latter world which is beautiful I mean it's just beautiful and then a world that's very not beautiful it's like a weird something I need to talk to a therapist about not something that I necessarily need to (laughs) all leave with you here but I I I guess I'm bringing it up because it feels important too because that's the reality of what it was like I'm not a top model I'm not being escorted in these black SUVs I'm not you know I'm I'm just like you I'm ordinary you know what I mean but like actually though and I think it's really easy when we're talking about New York Fashion Week like such a spectacle a grand spectacle of an event to kind of edit those parts out and to leave it because they're not aesthetically beautiful. Um, but it feels important to know. And I think that's why if we go to my handy dandy notebook, the last thing I wrote was New York and also mental health. And I think, um, I think the biggest thing I learned, like my biggest takeaways from New York Fashion Week is really having to learn 
how to take care of myself, which I feel like I've done a lot of work on years of therapy and whatnot, but I think like the biggest lesson that I learned, which come from which comes from both the castings and knowing people aren't gonna like you, and then also seeing the disparity between classes and between worlds and industries is you can't control everything you cannot control everything in fact you really i can only control myself i cannot control how other people perceive me and i cannot control i cannot fix the problems of other people at least not all by myself and there are like systems and structures that i can support to help make things better for people who are suffering but I can't take that all on my own. Last night I started watching um, Abia Elementary. Just what I needed. I love that show so much already. I'm only on the third episode. But it's just, it's I love it. Cannot recommend it enough. But like I think it's on the second or third episode. One of the teachers is like very earnest, and um, Abia Elementary is like a underfunded public school and so she tries like all of these things to make it better for the students and anyways one of the older teachers or the teachers that have been there for longer than her basically like says you know it's like we care about these students too but we have to make sure that we don't burn out to in order to take care of them because the the younger teacher is saying like how do you not take it all in how are you basically something that I've asked my therapist and friends and family like many a times and something I ask myself on a daily basis is like how what if you're too sensitive what if you're too whatever and yeah like not letting yourself burn out and I think for me both within like the fashion world and the modeling world and in the in real life world the like actual reality world is like not to in order to not let myself burn out and either or have to take care of myself have to recognize my limitations and what I can do I can't make casting directors like me I cannot solve all the problems of the world but I can do small gestures to help um I'm really proud that I tied that all up together. wasn't sure how I was going to bridge those two things. But yeah, I think that's the ultimate hashtag lesson for me um, with this fashion week. So let's end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, what's up and coming is I will be having a small series with friends who participated in fashion week, whether as um, an audience, as a model as photographer kind of carry their POVs as well because it's just my perspective it's just my experience my opinion and I'm glad that you listen so as always thank you for being here don't forget to leave a rating and review and I will talk to you soon okay bye <laughs>